what's cracking lovely people welcome back to the big feed up hq podcast a podcast about nutrition movement outdoor experiences i'm your host as always matt gardner and i'm a nutritional therapist specializing in sports nutrition by trade now if you're a new listener i've got over a hundred episodes recorded so far so after you've listened to this one go back delve in see what resonates with you look at the titles and i hope you find something fab just before we start as well the show is supported by 33 fuel who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products now 33 fuel have a brilliant protein bar and it's whole food based you're talking 20 grams of protein 400 calories if you're a numbers person and it packs a punch it's something i take on my bimbles and they're doing an offer i believe it's about 20 percent um for buying a, a batch or so um, everything you need is in the show notes they, they're great people it's a great company and um, it's good to work with them and bring you this show right today it's a special conversation because we're actually in person obviously social distancing and oh, i can't actually remember the last time i've had a podcast and recorded an episode where we're actually sitting in front of each other so it should be quite a nice dynamic um, i've got a friend a colleague on the show his name's stephen dawkins and um oh, stephen does so many things we'll get into it he specializes in weight loss uh, posture improving mindset um, he is Oracle Movement on Instagram and we will link to the show notes in that. He's very good at just waiting patiently while I talk and go through all my reams. So, um, mate, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No, mate, it's brilliant to connect again. Obviously, I'm back in London now and we're sitting in front of each other and we haven't seen each other for five months. So if we just wind the clock back, um, you know, it'd be good to know what you were doing before lockdown hit. Obviously, you know, we're in West London at the moment. Um, we're in a gym that, that we both work in um, at times and uh, yeah let's pick up the story there mate back in March. Okay so back in March um, I just finished a mentorship so I was upskilling and just refocusing myself for training and getting better results <clears throat> so when I came back um, I was ready to like dive in train everyone get the nation as fit as possible then all of a sudden lockdown happens and you're just like whoa this is absolutely crazy the whole world is just shut down um so yeah i was ultimately furloughed um didn't want to be because i like being around people like being around energy um so i had i got a coach just before the lockdown as well so i was just uh, three weeks into my transformation so i had a coach uh, who took me through more nutrition, more training plans, and also helped me build uh, my business. So <clears throat> I was three weeks in, that got changed, the whole training program was scrapped. Uh, and then luckily enough, I was one of the people who had resistance bands and a couple of kettlebells. Because mm. as soon as everything was starting to lock down, dumbbells were costing thousands of pounds, squat racks, everything was just jacked up in price. Um, so luckily I had my garage, went in there, worked out for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes every day, um, got lots of steps in and then just really, really nailed down what I wanted to do over the time he was off because my coach told me, he was like, Stephen, you're never going to get this time again to have all this time to put your stuff together. Mm. So I did something from M10 Fitness, the people I was mentoring with, mm. uh, and that took me through different steps of my business, and ultimately, over the last four months, I've built on my business. 
uh, and I run eight week challenges, online training as well, um, and they've been highly successful because lots of people have realized that it's good to go out and walk. They've had time to go out and walk. They've actually been able to spend lots and lots of good quality time with their families that they would never have because they've just been working crazy hours. Um, so that was really, really good. And also during the lockdown, I lost over 19, well, I lost 19 kilos and lost just, yeah, just over three stone, three stones. Um, so I went from 101.5 all the way down to 82 kilos. And that was really, really amazing because I've done a transformation before, but it was about three, four years ago. Um, and I've never been able to get below 90 kilos. Mm. I went all the way down to 82, and now everything is absolutely firing. I feel better and more confident than ever, and I'm helping more people via the um, daily challenges and online training. So mm. um, mindset was a very, very big, important factor, because uh, there was, at certain times, you can see people slowly like falling apart on Facebook or Instagram and they're reaching out. So as soon as I did see that, I always reached out um, because I was in a positive place because I had someone coaching me. Um, so I was able to kind of offload some things that were maybe troubling me and speak to someone. So I really, really, even more so now than ever, believe in coaching and I definitely think it is the way forward. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what I did. Mate, your personal transformation is just encapsulating, and if people want to follow along, um, there's obviously shots on your Instagram, and um, like you said there, you're very open. If people after the show want to contact you, um, you know, I'm sure you'll you'll explain things to them. But the good thing about this is obviously during a long form conversation is you know we can explore some of the strands and things there, and we we, we know each other really well, so you know hopefully I'm okay to ask this. Yeah. Um, you said obviously the hour, hour and a half a day training steps, you know, starting to kind of double down on nutrition, you know, you've got a huge water bottle there, you're obviously Mm -hmm. on hydration and you are in a positive place, but, um, it'd be interesting to hear from you, I think, because it'll be valuable for the listener, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you weren't always firing on every cylinder, were you? So before you got the coach, yeah. um, you know, obviously you, you, were, you were giving everything you could to your clients, focusing on movement, uh, being positive in the gym. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also to, uh, important to reflect on that, um, you know, just, just because you are... Um, very good at these things now and people will see the shape that you're in yes before there were some some boundaries and some obstacles you had to get into you weren't just doing the hour and a half training every day you know you weren't completely red line focused so it'd be interesting to hear how you you know eventually decided to get this coach on board Mm. and really commit right Um, yeah yeah, yeah. okay so um what happened is i lost my I lost a little bit of focus a couple of years ago because I had broken up with <clears throat> my long-term girlfriend who I was with for two and a half years and that kind of put me in a coasting mode. So I was still delivering um, a good service to the best of my abilities at that time uh, but wind was taken out of my sails and at one point I just said I don't like the way I look and I flipped the switch and decided to go Um, on a transformation which I used all the tools that I had in my toolbox at that time to get the results I want and the results were quite good Um, then 
I, it was crazy because there's always thoughts you kind of have, but you never get round to doing them yet. There's something you 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 have a fear that oh someone can do it better than you, or um, you are going to be found out to be like a fraud. So it's almost kind of imposter imposter syndrome, and you see everyone on Instagram and you you feel that they're doing really really well. So by going on this mentorship, when I spoke to uh, the guy, the director, Mark Coles, on the phone, my heart started beating. And I was like, oh my God, I'm speaking to him and he's reacting to what I'm saying. I'm not just hearing him on a podcast. So that was really, really cool. And that's when I knew I was in the right place. I was like, this is the leap of faith that I need to take in order to take me to the next level, get back on track and just really laser beam on where I want to be and what I want to do and rediscover why I do what I do. Um, so I went on the mentorship for six months and I was with all other PTs up and down the country. And then during that time, I was assigned a mentor. And after the training, I didn't feel comfortable enough that everything that I'd been taught had been ingrained in me yet. It wasn't a habit yet. So I decided to then carry on with um, training and coaching with my uh, coach called Dan Smith coach he's on Instagram really really amazing guy he helped me improve my mindset and mindset is the biggest the biggest factor once you kind of go all right I'm happy with some of the insecurities that I'm feeling and you're able to speak to someone in a forum that you can be very very honest you are going to say things that you didn't want to say but you're peeling back the layers to get to get rid of the fear that you, you that you had. So I'm really really happy for my coach Dan, who who's done that for me, and I had check-ins every week. And then he, I understood calories, but he really broke everything down and goes, no, you can't do this or you can do that. And he just he would never tell you off. He'd never tell you off because everything's about positive reinforcement and understanding why you've done something. So if you do get a coach, when you do get a coach, don't think that they're going to tell you off or anything like that because that, that's not what it is. They want to understand why you have made that choice. And most of the time, it comes down to stress or, or it's a coping mechanism. Um, so for me, I didn't realise I was that stressed until I now reflect now. I was like, actually, I was eating cakes and all sorts of stuff. And it's unwiring your brain like I would read certain articles but I didn't have the full context of what it was so I would read something like Charles Poliquin or something and pull it out of context and be like oh if I do this this is what's going to happen don't worry about that as I was taught calories are king so first of all get your calories right and understand that no food is a bad food it's all about calories in versus calories out um, the only time you need to kind of be careful of certain things is if you've had a test and you have some sort of ailment, like if you are like type 2 diabetic or, or something like that. Otherwise, believe in calories. Calories, you may be scared of them, but once you understand them, they're actually very, very empowering. And that was something that I had to rewire myself. So he took me through my calories. Normally I walk around and eat 3,000 calories. He took me down to 2,000 calories. So I already cut a third off and I stayed like that for months on end, like two, two, three months. And then he slowly 
did a couple of tests to see how sensitive I was becoming back to the energies, the energy sources like the carbohydrates and proteins and fats that I was putting back in my body. So I learned a lot more about the application of nutrition, which now is amazing because I'm able to teach that to my clients and actually show them that, like, oh, Stephen's going to tell me off because I didn't hit target this week. No, there's, there's always a reason and that's, that's fine. Once we understand that reason and we talk through it, and you understand where we're going to go and why you made that reason, it allows me to empower you so you become more autonomous and you make better decisions. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was what it was about. Mate, it's, oh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things to unpack there, but I think <laughs> if I just reflect on a little bit of that mm. um, to bring it back to the listener, it sounds like, obviously, you, you cultivated that ability to wake up with a full heart towards... Mm what yes. you wanted to do every day yep. you know you it was taking positives in the lockdown obviously in terms of you had time mm-hmm. you had kit um you had this mentor um which obviously you know it wasn't free you'd invested in this exactly. and you know we're you're on furlough there's uncertainty around income and things so obviously you know you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place but you wanted to develop your online business and then I think you know what you said there was uh, around choice and around attitude and I think it's important to have that conversation about it is scary to to double down and 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 work towards your desired results yes because I think there's, there's always going to be barriers and especially with the people we work with exactly. um, I did a, a kind of talk recently online around this 9 to 5 athlete and it's a kind of term I've developed for the people that you know you and I see every day working full time mm. may have families but then also they you know they treat their training as if they're professional athletes you exactly. know they take it very seriously yeah. and they, they get frustrated because you know they they do want results mm. immediately but it sounded like obviously you you know you thought we're going to be at this for a few months yep. you know you you have a very good understanding of of, of physiology of, of nutrition before you obviously got into working with your coach yep. but because you could troubleshoot with this person and you said like look okay i'm gonna listen to you you know i'm uh, if you don't mind me saying you know you you you, you you've got good stature in yourself anyway yep. before starting mm-hmm. so cutting a thousand calories for you yep. you know your your you, your body could deal deal with it and it yep. did mm-hmm. um so i so i think i like how you're quite open to the process you understood that obviously if you wake up that your attitude and your choices will obviously um reflect everything you do exactly um and it's important i think it's good to have conversations on the health professional level practitioner coach if you're some one of those people as well listening you know we are people that do tend to stay very active and and sometimes we will consume foods because you know we're like oh i can i can just train that off tomorrow you know so 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 your average dietary pattern may be better than most but then actually like you were saying there you're taking an extra 500,000 calories and you probably need just because you're used to having all these snacks and things exactly um and and it's just kind of bring bringing things back reflecting on that and um you know creating momentum yeah um no but I, i think it's it's brilliant we obviously we're going to get into so many things in this conversation but it was awesome to you know hear how you've been getting on over the last few months mate and i think like you said it the mindset side is so powerful and it's brilliant that you've you found focus and and you found um accountability um you know your capabilities have increased your environment's changed you know your motivation is through the roof so it's um you know it's awesome to hear that and then obviously now you're 
you know, you're also working with people online, you're helping people, you're also coaching a few people I know. Um, so mate, that is it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's good to it's good to get you on the show. Obviously, when all the cylinders are firing, yes. but it's also good to reflect on exactly. you know how it's it's taken time. Um, and you're at a kind of maintenance level now, so there must be still some fundamentals that you're sticking to, even though you're in, you know, arguably the best shape of your life. It's important that, you know, maintenance isn't isn't easy. It may yeah. be, I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear if maybe for a few minutes, mm. is it is it easier than obviously the last few months and, that you've done? Or are there still things that you have, these daily check-ins on yourself, these weekly check-ins with your coach? You know, obviously, you've been very happy with your results, but what you know, what does it take now to kind of look after the shape you're in? I think maybe if we explore that for a couple of minutes, okay. that'd be really interesting. So this this work for me was one of the more interesting parts of reverse dieting. So um, if you check out my Oracle Movement Instagram, you will see my transformation and the pictures when I took the final picture transformation pictures. I was on only 1,500 calories. So I definitely was tired, uh, but my mindset was clear and I had tunnel vision and I was focused on the, on the goal. So I was around 1500 calories for, I would say, three, two to three weeks. Um, and then now... the reverse. Just if I jump in there, mate, um, be interesting from the listener's perspective, especially if someone is... Um, you know, quite keen on numbers and understanding things. Yeah. Um, where where's your was your weight at that time? And you know, just briefly, what kind of exercise were you doing so people can just understand a bit of context around that? So you were you were consuming, you know, you were right down into that leanest you've been phase at 1,500 calories. Um, you know, what what were you weighing by then? Um, I was weighing 82 kilos, and my body was now so sensitive to the calories that I was having. Um, it. I was lo- I could have gone below 82, um, but my coach, he decided to keep me cruising around 82, so he gave me sometimes 300 to 500 calories just to refeed me, just to keep me around that weight, because otherwise I definitely would have gone into 80 or even 79. Wow. Like I, I, once I hit 85 kilos, my body just flipped, mm. and my weight just started dropping crazy fast, like I was dropping a kilo a week like consistently not even thinking about it. I'd step on the scales I had to rub my eyes and I was like wow my weight is still coming down like this is absolutely insane wow um, sorry you carry on so, um, so yeah you're 82 kilos um, and, and you obviously you've been dieting down over those two or three weeks um, you know right before you took the photos and things so carry on yes so then um, once I had the photos or even before the photos um, he gave me um, Harry Bone so before you take the pictures and things like that and you <clears throat> ready yourself for the pictures, he said, right, Stephen, you have to eat a whole bag, like family-sized bag of Harry Bones. And I was like, really? He goes, don't you like them? I was like, I don't. But I didn't even have a sweet tooth or anything. So I haven't had sweet food in so long. So it almost tastes like rubber. Like my whole taste buds and everything in my mouth was completely different. So I'm eating, eating them down, eating them down. Then the next day, oh, I had to shave my chest. That hurt me. Because uh, he was like, yeah, Stephen, you're going to have to change your chest, shave your chest. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I goes, do I have to shave my forearms? He goes, that's optional. I said, all right, cool. I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that. I'm not, I'm not touching that. So, um, yeah, I took um, a razor, shaved everything off the, the day before. 
uh, had this Harry boat, did a 45 minute like pump up session mm. just to look as big and present myself as, as best I could before the pictures. Um, and then the next day I had to do the same thing, but just a smaller pack of Harry boats. So as I was pumping up, just a couple of Harry boats in there. Uh, and then once all the pictures were taken, um, he then slowly reverse dieted me back out. Um, so I was on 1500, then he gave me 250 calories extra roughly every one and a half, two weeks, um, which I wanted to eat more because I was definitely feeling tired at this time. Um, so what I did is I spread my meals out even more just so I could get over the hunger and things like that. And I was like, oh my God, 250 calories, that's nothing. I can eat more than that. But actually I couldn't because my stomach had shrunk. So just adding in there 250 calories, my brain wanted way more. But I ate my food and I was like, I can't eat anymore. Like I can't. Um, so then, yeah, every couple of weeks, just 250, 250, 250. And now, um, I, am, I think it's been about four weeks, four to six weeks since I took the pictures. I'm 83.5 kilos and I'm still as lean because like, metabolism was just up and now I, I look a lot more fuller so now I'm only a kilo heavier and I'm having 2,500 calories mm. so I've got an extra 1,000 calories on top my, the intensity of my sessions have gone up I can pull more I can squeeze my muscles and everything um, mental attitude didn't didn't change because I was focused on everything that needed to be done um, but energy wise definitely up there yeah. and I even struggled when, he, when I was on 2,250, I was like, okay. But then when I went to 2,500, I was struggling to, again to get in that uh, extra 250. But now I'm back at work, it's a lot easier to get in. And also my steps have gone up. Yeah. So I average about 8,000 to 10,000 steps a day. Yeah, so the energy expenditure, mate, that's so interesting. Thanks for sharing that. And I think it'd be good again to, for me to reflect and unpick a few things. Obviously, um, you know, your choice that your coach had given you in terms of the Harry bow, um, I assume, you know, on a, on a level of kind of understanding there, it's the carbohydrates that are going in to replete the glycogen levels. So then obviously, like you said, alongside the, the quick training pump-up session to make you look fuller. Yes. So I think obviously listeners, it, you know, that sounds like quite extreme but I think it's a way that coaches will choose you know certain protocols um I assume you could you could have used different carbohydrate sources but it has to be quick releasing so that's why he gave you those sweet foods Mm -hmm. and I think you know a a lot of that kind of stuff would be picked apart online and and people would go you know either are good or bad etc but like you said there um, the interesting thing is your hunger levels changing. Mm-hmm. You know your your motivation to stick to the process um, and and to see things through. Yep. And obviously because you had dieted down, like you said, your stomach changed size. Yep. Obviously, you know it's not like you went and measured this, but you could mm-hmm. feel it. Yeah. So I think these are the conversations that need to be had. And mm-hmm. um, you know even though you you added that type of food in and that might have worked for you, obviously people can do different foods. But I think it's that ability to to refeed slowly like you did stick to the process and I think from a and you can tell me this in a minute you know from a from a relationship with food side of things because you did it gradually and and then you felt energy levels coming back in 
you know you didn't go to the extreme side and started binging on tons of foods and eating thousands of calories again you know you you looked after yourself and you you move forward in a in a, in a moderate way mm-hmm. and you now have a thousand calories back and i think you then appreciate actually you know i'm i'm, I'm feeling good i'm looking good at this level and it's working for me at the moment and in the past you know you might have done double that you might have been in in three four thousand calories days and you know for people that don't really maybe follow numbers and things like that you know that that could be a day where you're having three main meals three snacks you might be having some extra drinks things like that you know they they can top up and i think obviously if, if people want to get into some of the numbers side you know they can contact you after the show yeah. but i think it's just interesting mate to have this conversation and unpick how you felt mm-hmm. and how you saw your body change yes. and and taking small increments after that kind of uh, you know that that's a kind of competition day for you really yeah. um, once that's done you know adding adding that 250 each week was just a kind of really it's like another snack wasn't it every, every yeah. week so you kept like a similar similar food plan yep. and then just added slowly and exactly. then obviously like you said now you're a kilo and a bit up yeah. energy levels are better and mm-hmm. you're enjoying eating more because you're more active as well and you can add more intensity into your sessions 100% yeah so where have you added those if you don't mind me asking where have you added those extra thousand calories have you bulked out your your main meals or have you added uh, more more meals or, or snacks in the day how, how, how has that kind of come back into you know where you are now in terms of your food you don't have to go into exactly what you're eating because again obviously people need to make their own food choices yeah. but it's interesting to see the 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 timing side of things for you now and and the total you know where's that gone in in the day um so when i was on my 1500 i was having maybe two week two week bits in the morning but now i have six uh and i have 75 grams of, of peanut butter so a lot of my fats going in the morning and most of my calories are in the morning as soon as i wake up because that's when i need them because when you're asleep you've been fasting for seven to eight hours so to pump everything in to get all the systems online is, is how I like to eat my calories in the morning. Then about around three hours later, um, I have a protein pancake. So that's where I added most of the 250s in. So the basic recipe was one banana, one scoop of protein powder, 50 grams of flour, and two eggs and some water. And just smash that all together make me about four pancakes so then all I had to do to make it a little bit extra was add in another banana add in another scoop of protein because every scoop was around 100 calories um, which then the pancakes I still came up with four but they were just slightly thicker mm. and then I was having stir fries uh, so I had a Wagamama cookbook so that was one of the amazing things uh, I had a Wagamama cookbook made a stir fry and then all I did is weigh out some Japanese sticky rice and put 125 grams in my first stir fry and then in my second stir fry was just tons of veg and chicken mm. and that's how I have started to add it so if and when Dan says oh cool have another 250 all I'll do is just put 100 grams of sticky rice roughly into the last meal just so there's carbs protein and vegetables and fats but vegetables was the biggest factor for staying full and keeping my gut health like on point during the whole thing Mm. so it's just sprinkling a little bit more of carbs or protein in the meals that i already had yeah and it's interesting to consider i think um you know it obviously goes without saying 
because you're training and, and dieting and you want to help with your satiety mm. you know I assume your protein intake is higher than maybe most people would normally have but concurrently I think what we're now finding out that is like you did if you're if you're keeping your your fiber intake especially from vegetables that grow above the ground yeah. in even though you're on a bit of a lower calorie kind of protocol you know that that may support the gut um, you know even though we don't exactly know what a healthy gut actually is you know there, there, there there's kind of studies and things and tests that look at uh diversity of gut micro um of gut bugs and things like that um so i think if people are slightly wary about increasing protein to try to feel fuller yeah. if they are taking out more of their kind of carbohydrates and things you know it's a perfect example there if you know you can bulk out your plate they are lower calorie foods and obviously they've got you know that they've got these um you know these these types of soluble fiber and things in there that you know that that the, the gut bugs like um so yeah that's that's a really interesting thing i know we're not going to go too deep into that um but i think it's just something to consider isn't it because you can still you can still eat a a, a large volume of food mm-hmm. you know if you if you just kind of hone that um that way of, of of cooking and making something like a stir fry that's brilliant and you know you're just picking up a book a resource there um so it doesn't necessarily have to be bland um, hey i love that staggered approach it's so interesting to unpick that um and you know you've been very honest about your own approach and i think it's um it's kind of shone through the person you're working with and obviously now i assume the way you work with clients yeah everything's just on the table you know there's nothing hidden i know obviously we're deep we're deep in the health and fitness industry and people listening to this will be seeing people sell their kind of packages and programs mm-hmm. and things online mm-hmm. all the time yeah. but i think once you commit to something and, and you actually get in yeah. and you're not someone looking over the top of it anymore you do realize that that honesty's there um that yes accountability's there but then also there's there's no such thing as failure yeah and i think our we are frustrated because people want to progress they want desired results and obviously the the changes in body composition and in mindset take time yes and it's clear that you're you're obviously an empathetic coach um you know you you are going to be holding people accountable is what is you know what 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 they're interested in too mm-hmm. and and obviously it's it's going to be quite a dynamic process i think it's just so good to tease that out in a longer form conversation because a lot of these things will fall through the cracks someone will hear that quote about haribo yeah. and be like you know that that sounds mad but yeah. there's in a process there and you're using you know higher gi foods to absorb quickly you've dieted down you're then you know training you're making your muscles you know fuller so hope people listening to this you know they've found some interesting bits of information and a perspective because obviously you know you've worked really hard over the last few months um, mate, if we if we kind of go on a bit of a tangent here, because yeah. I know before we were recording, we were discussing things. Um, you know, we really wanted to unpick mm-hmm. your own journey mm-hmm. and you know your your process now of obviously working with clients and and you know um, part of your works in kind of private healthcare and fitness. Mm-hmm. You've now got this online business, but we had this wider conversation about public health, didn't we? Yes. And um, part of the reason why we wanted to have a chat too is obviously um, the the government at the moment. Tory government have obviously put out this obesity strategy yeah so you know i think it's safe to say that we you know we're going to chat about this for a few minutes you know we're obviously not specialists in public health but i think it's just interesting to talk about and um you know gaining perspectives on things and we're working with people generally every day if it's in person or online about their own health and fitness and movement so i think it's 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 important to have these conversations on a wider level because now you know they're front and center there's all these 
uh, adverts online about weight loss. There's this app that the NHS have brought out. Yep. Um, so it'd be interesting from you know your your coach's lens. Mm-hmm. How have you found it over the last month or so? You know the the kind of government releasing some of these things, and yeah, we can take you know we can take a few talking points forward. I think it was very very interesting um, because I can completely see where they're coming from, and ultimately I 100% believe they're trying to support everyone on the wider scale uh, to coach and enable people to eat healthier. Um, So I think what I actually found interesting was at the start of the lockdown, pasta, rice, flour was all gone. And I was like, this is interesting because all chocolate bars, everything like that, still on the shelves. Didn't even touch them. I was like, okay people are actually more conscious than even I thought. Um, so now, like, the government stepping it up and talking about their strategy uh, of placing calories on restaurant menus and things like that, um, I can understand some people's fears, especially if they do have, like, an eating disorder or, anything, or something like that. But I think it's a conversation, like I said, when I opened up and I had that uncomfortable conversation with myself that's when I made progress so I believe in the process that it's a conversation that should be happening and when it does happen you'll actually go oh it's actually not as bad it gives me more freedom so even when again like referring back to my transformation I had a Wagamama's cookbook I had um, a West Indian style cookbook and I was having all that food all I did is weighed everything because of weight i weighed everything kind of know the numbers i know where i can trade with myself so i'm hoping that with the government putting out calories and things like that and people can actually start to see it have a conversation have that conversation because when you when you understand it you're going to go oh i didn't realize that or i didn't realize how many calories were in something and what you're actually going to find is you can eat a lot of what you want it's just trading with yourself on kind of like when you want to have it so if it's you want to have drinks or whatever yeah cool just understand that if you have a couple of drinks here then maybe you're trading off something else that you might want later or you can kind of just rewire your head and be more mindfully eating i think that was a big one people are sitting at home and they're kind of like oh the fridge is talking to me Let's have a look. I already know what's in the fridge, but I'm bored. So let's go have a look. And then eventually you influence yourself to go and just pull something out of the fridge. Then you sit down. So I think it would have been really, really interesting for a lot of people in the lockdown that they were like, oh, I'm eating healthy because I'm having rice, I'm having pasta, but I'm still putting weight. And it's, they're not necessarily understanding calorie balance. So I think, again, it's hammering in the point of understanding calories because that will help you. Mm. Mm. yeah i think mate i think that's an interesting perspective and um you know it's important to say obviously you know we're we're not specialists around Mm. um eating disorders and disordered eating and and sports and exercise kind of relative energy deficit and in sport and stuff like that but um i was listening to a podcast recently with a chap called alan flanagan who's a nutrition researcher and he made the point that um you know people people with eating disorders or disordered eating they inherently they will know 
the calorie content of foods already because unfortunately you know that that that's something that they're completely focused in on so even if it's put onto foods Mm -hmm. um you know these people it's not like they don't know yeah because obviously they're they're already probably tracking and they're already very calorie focused right um so that was an interesting perspective Mm. um and it just made me reflect and think on that because obviously it's easy from a lot of health and fitness professionals and practitioners to say this is going to lead to this relationship you know these people are going to get worse Mm -hmm. but actually these people may already be focused on calories struggling finding things hard Mm. so i wonder how how much adding adding calories to food to, to to restaurant meals and things out will affect people that are already counting and already you know potentially struggling so that's one lens to think about um, and I think the other side um, that's interesting around the, the buy one get one free side of things yeah. is um, you know of course it's going to affect uh, people we and we know it's, it's it, you know it's going to affect people on on a certain kind of socio-economic background and status because you know these things are cheaper to buy they're higher in calories i understand that but i think from a, a sugar tax point of view it will stop some companies um you know be, being able to sell more because obviously the the, the sugar tax came in and the uh, and the legislation happened so some yeah. of these some of these businesses had to remove sugar from their products yes but then obviously they've then you can have two so 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 that's you know so that's so that's so that's interesting so you know it goes without saying you have to take into consideration the, the wider conversation around you know someone who's 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 got low income mm-hmm. who's got lots of mouths to feed so we can't just sit here on our pedestals and say you know why, why would you buy these things go out and buy fresh food and vegetables mm-hmm. but it is interesting that if some companies have lowered the sugar in their products but then they're selling two for the price of one you know these 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 messages, and it is it's always going to be political. It's not like um, you know the government at the moment have been handed this strategy. They're yeah. going to have a certain angle on things, yeah. but it's like you said there. I think they are looking at a wider public health perspective with this, yeah. and we're and we're not going to know how things are going to go. We need to give it time. But yeah. I think I think the bog offs, and I think the um, I'm not too sure if I've completely made my mind up yet about the calories and things in restaurants. Um, and places but I, I understand your perspective I understand Alan's and I think I'm moving moving more towards that side of things yeah. so it is interesting and I think the marketing goes without saying I think that's a smart move yeah. you know to take taking taking these things off um, at a certain time in the evening and people have obviously said it'll just all move online and it'll be unregulated but I think um, you know young people especially they are they are going to see these things marketed on tv they are going to see things you know out out when they're commuting and things like that so um i I think it's you know it's it is it is a move in the right direction yeah that was an interesting one that was interesting one because um what was it i think was it cadbury's or something they had like oh they're still going to sell four packs of chocolate but they're just a lot smaller but they're still going to cost the same price and they came they came up with a word I can't remember what the, what the word was, but people were getting upset because they're like, oh, although the calories are less, it still costs the same. So where do you where do you kind of go with that? Yeah, cool, your people are going to eat four of the bars if they want to eat four of the bars. Um, and they're getting less for their money. So it's, it, it was really, really interesting um, dynamic on that one when I read it. I was like, yeah, I agree with... I was kind of more along the mindset of, okay, if you are selling less, then it should be slightly cheaper. But then it's them kind of feeling they're not getting as much value for money might be off-putting enough 
that either they reduce how many they buy or they actually savor them when they have them and go actually do you know what this was a little bit expensive less often yeah let me let me just try this mm-hmm. um again i think it's the mentality and the perception of it because if they i don't like it when uh, they put stuff like treat bags because when you say it's a treat you're now kind of programming people to go oh yeah i'm gonna have a guilty pleasure or something and there's like these weird like negative problematic that isn't it yeah att- attachments to it so it was interesting um again i agree with you i hope the the bigger picture is over time uh people just eating more mindfully or able to apply what they're learning because i think that was one of the things that was interesting especially working with my clients when they report how many calories they're having sometimes they're under reporting sometimes they're over reporting um and then again it's like you said it's a process it's a mindset of of slowly changing knowing you're not going to be penalized for anything because there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing and once they get more comfortable with that then that's when i think everything starts sailing in and goes really well so yeah, so I think, like you said, from the people that you're working with, it might be positive because they'll see, like you said, they'll, they'll see the uh, energy density in foods, they'll see the kind of breakdown in terms of some of the macronutrients and they'll go out in restaurants. And I think we've both kind of agreed that some of the things, especially around the advertising and, and the buy one, get one free changes on a wider public health level, mm. seem to be the right way to go. But, you know, we're not policy makers, you know, we're not, we don't work in public health full time, but these things obviously do need to take time uh, to see how they go but I, I i was i was impressed to see some of the things that, that that brought out especially yeah especially from from the tory government and them looking on on a bit of a kind of wider scale um so we'll see we'll see uh, but you know how how can you um, put something out to support everyone you know it's 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 an impossible task isn't it really you can't you can't help everyone and and yep. these are public health messages yep. you know it's like when um you know when 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 they first started establishing kind of food labels and mm-hmm. and, and and nutrition guidelines and things like that you know yep. if you if i don't know for example you and i follow the nutrition guidelines that the government's worked out that may not be the best for us but it may work on a a, la- a larger you know population level to an extent to help ward off mm. um you know thing things that we the things that we used to you know die from deficiencies yeah. Yeah. you know so there you know that's that's interesting so i think if you step back and look at it on that side you know people can then dig into this like eat well plate and say oh you know it's not the healthiest but actually someone that doesn't eat anywhere near what that plate's showing if they then do it it may bring them out of and support their you know them living a little bit longer their quality of life their mindset so you just have to you have to think a bit wider sometimes i think because that's what was crazy i was reading the um <clears throat> the document you sent over to me and it said uh, yes yeah, so long wasn't it i've still got the, um, <laughs> the 110 pager i read yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the 35 page summary it's decent um, I'll put the link to the show notes in that lovely people it's, it's, it's the food strategy and it's only part one Yo. the guy that wrote that is incredible <laughs> isn't he 100%. I was reading it and I'm just losing my mind of how, how well written it was and all the stats and everything so I think that's something definitely to, there's a 35 page summary and if even that sounds intense there's a four page I think executive yeah. summary yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it's just setting things up really to be like, look, there's a part two coming. Yeah. Here's 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 you know a little bit of what we think and and here's what's going on. Here's what's happened since lockdown, yes. Jan to June. Literally. That was in really interesting. And and that's what was so interesting. It was it said one in of dying well health related diseases is more common than car crashes. I was like, what? I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, so that was a really, really powerful opening, statistic. Yeah. Like, yeah, eye-opening statistic. And again, it kind of, it's really interesting because um, I love Japan. And in Japan, when they're brought up from a young age, they literally are brought up on an eat-well plane. So when I went to Japan, all of them are a healthy weight. Literally, all of them are walking around. Whatever they look like when they were teenagers is exactly what they look like when they're well, well into their... 60s, 70s, or whatever, and it's really, really interesting because they understand. Yeah, have sweet foods when you want it. Just, just don't have, don't have too much, and um, you'll be fine. And they have, uh, pardon me, they have literally everything they do is eat well plain. So when you go into a shop, they'll have a little portion of rice, a portion of vegetables, a portion of protein, and they literally hammer that all the time and even in schools um, my nephew they teach them how to cook and I thought this is amazing so for like a month they teach them recipes that they can like cook at home and they cook for the kids at school in the cafeteria I was like well I had a food tech class that I did for like an hour but yeah. you're cooking for like loads and loads of people yeah. I was like this is like some Japanese version Complete of like different establishment. Yeah, yeah it's crazy so wow. I think if we can employ the mind some of the mindset and the strategies that they use um, in Japan I think it's I think it would be really really helpful um, for everyone but again it's interesting because the mindset's different yeah, they're, they're, and this is what the um, the phase one of the document was talking about. It's getting children while they're young and teaching them. Because if they're obese as a kid, then they're more likely to be obese or overweight in their adult life. So it's educating people from when they're younger. And again, habit forming, positive habits. So we're not saying you can't have foods that are as you say, calorie dense and sweet. We're just saying, get as much balance as you can, which is where I think the more and more I've learned about nutrition, the more and more I can fully appreciate the well plate. There's certain things called I would change, depending on who I'm working with, but I think the basic overarching principles of it are really, really good. And um, when applied, can get some amazing results. Mm. So Interesting, mate. Yeah. Wow. Um, we've we've obviously covered a lot. So look, if you're still if you're still with us, lovely people, then then brilliant. Um, you know, hope you found this useful. We we haven't obviously seen each other in quite a few months, so we really wanted to just get get on here, talk talk about um, transformation, Steve, and um, you know speak about your coaching business, um, have that wider conversation a bit about public health, and um, yeah, just generally chew the fat on a few topics. So. Um, I'll put obviously your your Instagram link in the show notes. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna highlight for the listeners that they should they should uh, follow along or go and check out, or is that the the main thing for them to, you know, be signposted towards you? Yeah, that's that's the that's the main thing at the moment. 
um, checking out my Instagram. Uh, I run uh, eight week challenges, which helps people with weight loss <clears throat> or understanding calories, how to apply it and go through that coaching process. Um, so you have someone who can support you when you feel like, so I always use the analogy of the person being like a missile or a rocket. And the rocket starts off in one direction and all you do is just slowly make tweaks, slowly, 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 so the rocket stays on target. And that's exactly what my Italy challenge aims to do. It aims to hold you accountable and unravel your mind in a comfortable context and also in a community context. So there's a support group while you're going through the eight-week challenge, so you're being introduced to a whole group of people that are on the same journey as you. Um, I think that's really, really good because everyone's like, oh, do you know what? It's not just me taking this journey and the energy goes up and everyone bounces off each other. So when I put something in about vegetables, everyone was like, oh, what's this, what's that? And um, everyone was bouncing off each other. So you'll be held accountable. It's fun, it's enjoyable. Uh, and it, we make it as simple as possible because the basics, basics, time again, always get the best results. Mm. So we keep it as simple as possible. We don't overload anything and we just keep sprinkling uh, every single week. And the main thing is for everyone that comes on is improving people's mindset and relationship with food and relationship with their self. And everyone who's come out from the eight week challenge uh, has a much improved mindset towards themselves, towards food and towards exercise in general. Cracking mate, so accountability, empathy, leadership, simplicity. Mm. I think that's where we'll we'll finish off lovely people. So um, from my side, continue to uh, follow the podcast. Please share it with someone if you find it useful. Please share this episode. Um, and on the food policy side I'll put that document in the show notes there's also a brilliant charity called Bite Back Mm. Um, you should check those guys out so they're working with young people around food advertising so that's interesting Mm. Um, definitely follow um, Oracle Oracle underscore movement is it? No it's just Oracle movement Oracle movement Um, so that'll be in the show notes and um, thanks for listening have a healthy week